There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Welcome to Listen Now, the podcast where we go through the back catalogues of some of the most important and rockinest bands of all time, starting with Australian pub rock legends Cold Chisel. You! With me, as always, is my co-host, Sam Tonkin. Welcome, Sam. Hello, hello. How do you do? I do good. Okay. <laughs> have, you, have you been in this past week? Oh, you Since know. Since recording that last episode. Listening to some more chisel. No, I can't lie to the audience. We just recorded the last episode <laughs> a couple of minutes ago. So, Well, technically I didn't lie because in the last 35 seconds I have been listening to chisel. You do. You pump it into any. <laughs> it's, cause we've been vaguely talking about doing a show about Aussie rock or something mm-hmm. for a while. And I've just become obsessed with cold chisel over the last two or three months. Great timing. And you've, you've, I've sort of always loved them, but only recently have I become obsessed. And then they announced a tour. Oh. And um, it just all, it all just came together. The timing has been pretty, it's been amazing. pretty bang on. I went out for a few drinks uh, with a mate the other week and I walked home. It was like a half an hour walk. And on the way home, I didn't have any headphones or anything, so I'd played uh, Cold Chisel. I was listening to Circus Animals, I think. One of those. On my phone, but right up against my ear, so only I could hear it. And it it would have just looked like I was making an important business call. Without talking. Yeah, you know, at 2 (laughs) a.m., walking through parks in the middle of the night. Anyway. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, Jimmy, what else you got? (laughs) Jimmy, is everything okay at your end? Um... For those, that's Jim, that's our mate uh, Jimmy, the front man of the band, uh, <laughs> as featured in a Kieran J. Caledon song from a couple of years ago. So good, Memed. I love it. We love it very much. <laughs> I, I Jimmy, all right, mate. He's on his way. So. As we as we go through this the back catalogue, I think I'm going to go through the cycle of loving it, hating it, loving it, hating it. Yeah. At the moment, we're good. We're loving it. I'm, I'm good. still loving it. I don't. I can't even imagine not loving that. <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about this week. We're talking about their debut album, um, which is their self-titled album. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking a bit of, um, or reading a bit from a, a biography article on uh, an ABC website mm. uh, connected to the Rage TV show. Excellent. And um, and this following po- uh, paragraph is about the self-titled album. Let me read it to you, Sam. Please read it to me. Uh, in the early months of 1978, Cold Chisel recorded their debut album, Cold Chisel. All tracks were written by Don Walker except Juliet, for which Barnes wrote the melody and Walker the lyrics. The song Kaysan... K-San. K-San. Was released as a single but was considered too offensive for airplay on commercial radio. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the song was played regularly on Sydney rock station Double J, though, which has uh, evolved into Triple J, a national J's. youth radio is that, station. Is that as it ages, it gets another J? I think, yeah. I every think every score, they get another exactly J? Exactly, get another J. So <laughs> four score is when it'll become... Quad J. Quad J, yeah. <laughs> the... So it was it was deemed obviously a different time in the seventies and they were a bit more sensitive to stuff back mm-hmm. then. But it, I mean, the lyrics now you th- you think it's quite, there is um, a, there's a bit of sex. They allude to sex because he says when he says oh, I'm going to hit a Hong Kong mattress all night long. He's not literally talking about punching a mattress, is he? I mean, it is it is Barnsley though, so he could have it could have a double meaning for it, us, right? There. Uh, no, the the lyrics, uh, the legs were often open, but their minds were always closed. And I think Jimmy Barnes is quoted as saying um, they had to ban it just to keep, there was always something that need banning just to keep the Catholic Church happy. <laughs> yeah, right. We're doing something. <laughs> yeah. All this filth for the youth, um, the baby boomer youth. Split Ends had a song called Six Months in a Leaky Boat, which was banned because it they thought it alluded to... Um, one of the UK's wars from the oh, really? 80s, which I don't think it did. But, <laughs> yeah, anyway, they, they loved to ban stuff back then, not realising that uh, you banned K-San and it just becomes, the you know, one of the biggest Australian songs of all time, at least mm-hmm. in Australia. You can't walk down the street without hearing it. No. It's a play that we've got speakers all over the joint, yeah. hidden in people's front yards. Which is what this uh, ABC article goes on to say. It says, despite the lack of commercial airplay, it – Still reached 48 on the Australian singles chart and number four on the Adelaide charts. I like how they used to do regional charts. Don't yeah, I don't know if they, know if they can. Do yeah, they? How, with how, could, you, how could we know these days? People listen the internet to could know <laughs> what places we're in. Check Wikipedia. <laughs> what does Wiki say? Okay, Wiki will know. <laughs> um, so K Sounds uh, going to become Cold Chisel's signature tune and arguably it's most popular among fans and is sometimes referred to as Australia's unofficial national anthem. Let me read you some stats that I have written down here. Oh, I, I like how that old school um, talking point card you've got. Yeah, I like to. I'm trying not to look at it, you know, like make eye contact with your audience. Yeah. What are your rebuttals? <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to say back? So the uh, APRA Awards or the APRA charts... Australian something something recording something. Uh, Australian, uh, what is Apra? Australia, that's yeah. the big. That's look the, look that up while I read. Apra is they're the ones who you like when I do a Proper. festival show. I pay an Apra fee so I can play music. Oh, I think Apra it's is, something recording something. Uh, I but should it's, really uh, know. That. It's <laughs> you should uh, named as Australian eight Prudential the... Regulation Authority. That can't be right. That's is it. Don't, yeah. Anyway, number eight, best Australian song ever. Australian songs ever, number eight out of the, anyway. Um, the song was, oh, the song K-San, sorry, was I think released as number 41 in Australia, number four in Adelaide. Is that oh, number yours? 40. I said I had 48 on the ABC. So I've oh, see, mine's good. from Wiki, so again, uh, who, who, knows? who knows who's going to be more accurate The Prudential here. Regulation Authority is, is something else. Oh, it's good. the Australasian Performing Right Association. Oh, there we go. Look, we've both learned something today. Um, but it re-entered the charts in the in 2011 at number 40. Uh, Triple M, my best mate Triple M, uh, was last year in there. I think you said it right. It's actually... Triple M. Oh, you're right. Triple M rocks. Uh, Ozfest, which they do through January, I believe. Which is Ozzy Osbourne's festival? Um, But the Australian version. Okay. <laughs> so, so like Ozzy Osbourne, but without Osbourne. Uh, number one song 
uh, in the Ozfest of 2018 it was voted. Uh, and in 2014 was added to the National Film and Sound Archives, Sounds of Australia. Right. So it is literally a national heritage treasure Yeah, now. it'll last longer than mankind. You know? Certainly longer than Jimmy Barnes. The aliens will come down on a, to a barren earth and they'll find that song sitting what, there. What do you reckon they'll hear when they start playing? Oh, I mean, depending on what the file says, it, it might be something like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wrong button. <laughs> the aliens. Will How love did that, that happen? Sound, I reckon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but cold. So cold chisel. Um, uh, their song K San goes a little more like this. So this, and I feel like I should. I expected to want to skip over this when I played the album, but mm. I didn't. I still. It's still, I still amazing. Love it. Yeah, it's weird because it. It feels like it should have been ruined, and I thought it had been ruined, but. It's like almost in context, it's revitalized. Yeah. If that, you know. And it's so it's a song, it was written by Don Walker about a couple of guys he knew, one of which at least was a Vietnam, Vietnam vet. vet. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we were just watching an interview with him where he said that he wrote it just almost like a just writing out some lyrics privately in his diary. Yeah. And if he knew it was going to become like a, an all-time iconic song, maybe he would have written it differently, which is an interesting idea. I'm not sure what it means by that. Yeah, like maybe not so raw. Yeah. The, would he the... have changed it in a way where it wouldn't be an iconic yeah. song anymore? Because <laughs> yeah. from their greatest hits and that sort of stuff, that's, that's the only song off this album that um, it's the biggest one. But the rest of the album isn't isn't featured on greatest hits compilations. Yeah, I think if you're if you're not a hardcore Chisel fan, you probably wouldn't have heard a large proportion of the songs, yeah. if not all bar K San. It's also one of those songs that I think we discussed earlier. You didn't think it would be on the first album, like no, that's right. I because I didn't really know where to place because I, I first heard Cold Chisel in sometime in the nineties, mm. and I heard all their hits at the same time on the yeah. greatest hits album. Uh, so I, I didn't know where they all came. So And they didn't set out that Greatest Hits chronologically either. So I think um, K-San might have even closed out the album. So um, in my head, it would have come mid-career. Yeah, like But it was their of, first yeah, single. Second song on their first album. Yes. Uh, the Wikipedia page. Oh, so Wikipedia is like a, a website that I found. That's right. Which you stores information about fact, things. fact website. Yeah. And they've got a, a pretty good article about uh, this album. Here's a fact, which I'm pretty sure you know, because you brought in the um, the a vinyl of this self-titled album. A vinyl? The photo on the front is of Mickey Braithwaite, who is Daryl Braithwaite's wife. Daryl Braithwaite? who's also known as the singer of one of the other Australian anthems, Horses. <laughs> the Horses. The Horses, The sorry. Horses. Uh, no, he, he wrote the animals' horses. <laughs> he wrote their DNA. He, cr- he created them. Yeah. So from... <laughs> he created the song How's That and the Animal Horses. The... <laughs> Two iconic Australian <laughs> <laughs> creations. Yeah. You know, kangaroos, wombats, numbats. And Daryl Braithwaite's The Horses. horses. (laughs) They're all at, um, if you want to see horses, get down to Hillsville Sanctuary. You will see The Horses. Yeah, Daryl Braithwaite riding The Horses. Actually, that film clip, just while we have The Horses on on topic, 
Have you ever seen the film clip for it? Oh, yeah. And he's frolicking. There's just one bit and every it kills me every time watching it. And he just does this fantastic leap mid-air oh, on the yeah. sand while they're like, must be no We're in a flowy sort of Yeah. <laughs> like, are you going shirt. sailing later, Mr. Braithwaite? Oh, yes. This is a song that has... I mean, even this hearing it now, I thought this would be ruined as well. This, this would make a lot of Australians angry just hearing it. Yeah. People love it or hate it just because There's, it's been flogged. Yeah, this is one of those flogged songs. Like that, a dead horse. At a, at a dead, of a dead, dead horses. the horses. <laughs> the horses, like a dead the horses. <laughs> this is one of those songs that at, a, at your classic Australian 18th or 21st, this will get played after everyone's got a bit rowdy. Yeah. And you form a circle, arms around each other. Awkwardly staggering slash swaying, and it's been that and way. No, no for... one knows the chorus. No one knows the verses. It's just the chorus. <laughs> but it has been. I reckon it's been that way for fifteen or twenty years. Yeah. Like it was a hit in the early nineties. Yep. It's a it's a cover of an Irish singer. Is it really? Song, I'm pretty sure. Oh. It's not even a, a again Australia. We've just stolen so much. There's shit. nothing. I mean, like the horse far lap we took from New Zealand. Yep. The song The Horses. Also stolen. Stolen. Daryl didn't even bloody write it himself. You know what I'm talking about. Where's the authenticity? Apparently the original. I I said that with a Kiwi accent. (laughs) Where's the authenticity? Stolen again. (laughs) Apparently the original appeared in Jerry Maguire. Really? Allegedly. This is this Wikipedia. The money. Uh, oh, oh, you found Wikipedia. I did. So I managed is to locate it. More widely than I realized. Let, let us know, overseas listeners. Yeah, if, you uh, if Wikipedia exists. So it was. So the <laughs> the Cold Chisel self titled album was produced by a guy called Peter Walker, mm-hmm. and he was inexperienced as a producer, um, but had been one of Mossy, the guitarist of Cold Chisel, one, one of Mossy's inspirations, and. Um, the release of the album was hurried because they had a tour coming up supporting Foreigner. Oh, is that who are they? I, I, I want to know what love is. That's what I, I was think, thinking. Yeah, I think that's. Foreigner. I want to know what love is. And um, so the band actually don't like this album very much. No. I've heard them talk about it in a few different interviews, and they're they're not big fans, which is interesting because I've I've been playing it a lot over the last week, uh, especially. I've been playing the back catalogue over the last three months, but. This week I made flogging the self-titled, and it it's um it wasn't probably because it didn't have that many singles that gave me an obvious entry point into it. Yeah. Um, it took me a little bit longer to really get into it, but I I very much enjoy this album. Um. Now, so I was surprised to hear how much the band members themselves disliked yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Judy and Bond. it was it was also well received by critics. Yeah. So like quite well received. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Barnes talks about it in uh, his book, Working Class Man, the second of his autobiography, um, talking about um, Peter Walker was a guitar guitarist in a band called Bakery that was that is Bakery, bakery. <laughs> with their number one hit, That's Sausage Roll. <laughs> um, he was, yeah, it was like a bakery. <laughs> like You're Baker's a baker, Delight or yeah, yeah. Bakery. Where's your hat, mate? That's maybe one of the funniest band names I've ever heard. <laughs> bakery. Bakery. Isn't there a band called Bread? There is a band called Bread, and they've got a song. What's my mum? So, Dad had the greatest hits of Cold Chisel. My mum had the greatest hits of Bread. Wow. I reckon, and I reckon that is not a unique story in Australia. (laughs) See, where my house has um, Cold Chisel and uh, a lot of other Australian pub rock, Midnight Oil, for example, Uh, and then um, 
Rod Stewart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. actually, we've got a John Farnham, which was Mum's, yep. signed from Whispering Jack wow. himself. Yeah. That's that's a big get. Mum is also a big Farnsey fan. Farnsey, Farnsey, so Barnsey. I think that was the classic, um, like, 80s kid, 80s, 90s kids. One, the mum loved Farnsey, mm-hmm. dad loved Barnsey. Mm-hmm. And that is Australia. That in, is Australia. In the 80s, yeah. in a nutshell. <laughs> Basically, uh, Barnsey was my dad. Mm-hmm. Farnsey was my mum. Mm-hmm. He did have luscious flowing hair. Oh, they Farnsey. both did, really. Another, yet another Australian classic. Yeah. Uh, You're the Voice, actually also a cover. And the people who wrote it originally didn't want Farnsey singing it because they just knew him as the Sadie guy. Oh. Sadie. I, I heard a story that he he was given it or he became aware of The Voice, You're the Voice, when yes. he was singing for big Australian band Little River Band. Oh, yeah. Oh. And he goes, actually, I might hold this one back for my solo. Just pocket that comeback. bad boy. Yeah. Um, him in Little River Band saying, um, "Playing to win." What a that's a banger! banger. Yeah. Keytar, such good keytar. Oh. Let me play. I gotta play just a little bit. Get a of bit this. of it. Oh, it's on um, my dad's 1990. Dad playing footy and the. Uh, oh, I can see the footage sick, yeah. of the the grand final that he played in, and it's just a bit of this and boom, crash opera, more Australian pub rock. It's so oh, good. It's so good. It's powerful. I'd it call is. this rousing. Rousing. <laughs> Come and get it. I don't know if it fully. All right, you hear this live. I've heard live version. I think there's a live version on his live album. And it, his voice probably doesn't really get to shine there, as you know, he's known as the voice for mm. mainly because he had his biggest song had the voice the in voice, it. But also, yeah. he has a great voice. Oh well, yeah. So it was, you know, worked well for him. <laughs> <laughs> great. That was a great marketing exercise. Uh, he's he's done well there. I still can't get over the hair, though. We'll find a picture and put that up because yeah. one of the biggest hair, of all time. Beautiful. Two rival Michael Bolton, I yeah. would say. But Voice yeah, and mullet. In the way that like a mullet that was, you know, conditioned twice a day. Yeah, quite the bouffant yeah. he had. It was, he know, had height. He had depth. He had breadth. Volume. Yeah. Voluminous. Yeah. And shine. Um, yeah, yeah. What's there was so much breadth in his hair that he breadth. he basically had a little bakery going. <laughs> that doesn't that's not quite anything. Circled round beautifully, nice one. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um. So yeah. So I was saying that. Um. Or were you saying something? Uh, I was saying how yep. the band didn't really like this album. Um. And uh, Wikipedia quote uh, Don Walker to say that he found it embarrassing, especially the flowery lyrics, which is yeah. what he wrote. And the whole point of this album, I, I heard, was to showcase his songwriting. And that's why it is basically and it also apparently entirely was, written by him. It was quite a lot about an old relationship that he'd been in that had long since died off. So there, there's a lot of them are about a girl or, you know, long lost love. Yeah, which was a new direction for music, uh, writing about love and lost mm. love. Yeah, never. He, he came up with that. Another, you know, cold chisel breaking barriers. Yeah. That was a Don Walkerism, <laughs> as as it is known in Australia. Yeah. Um, what else does Jimmy Barnes say? Talks about uh, probably the worst part of the album was that he wanted it to be explosive and earth shattering, and it just wasn't. Right, because they built blunt over f- maybe the f- previous five years five of years, them being yeah. a band. They'd worked up this live act. That had gained them a huge following. Yeah, um, like fast, loud, angry, sweaty. And the, one of the things they say is they didn't really capture that. Mm. And I read a lot about that. And I, and on first listens, I thought that. But I reckon that 
I reckon there is there is still it's not like a slick recording. Yeah, you can still, still a get a bit of that like energy. Grunginess yeah. to it. Um but he talks he hated he Jimmy Barnes literally got the book right in front of me. He talks about hating recording it uh because he preferred to be live and what does he say? Where you could see the whites of people's eyes and you knew instantly what was good and what was bad. If they clapped, it was good. If it was bad, they threw bottles. Yeah. And if you didn't like the audience, you could jump out and swing at them. <laughs> he said um, <laughs> in the in the wiki article, it says, uh, Barnes, while defending Peter Walker, the producer, found the recording experience unsatisfying, saying... He liked to explain the ins and outs of recording to us. I could only hear so much about compression ratios before I wanted to blow a gasket and get really drunk. Uh, another one was uh, we would spend 10 minutes recording and sit down for another long talk on when and where to use reverb and how to set delay times. I would listen for a short time and then go and look for pins to stick in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't hold back there. <laughs> I think I've heard Peter Walker say um, since then that, uh, he was going through a bit of a tough time then, and he he doesn't he didn't doesn't think he nailed the whole whole process either. Hopefully, I'm not misquoting him there. Or you've just hung shit on him by accident. Sorry, Ben. Sorry, Peter. Mr. Walker. Sorry, Mr. Walker. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the band did not like it. Um, uh, it says band uh, Barnes felt that the early fans of the band's live performances may have been disappointed. With Don Walker agreeing, it's a bit more laid back than it should have been. That would have been okay if the up songs had been a bit more energetic like they are on stage, which is basically the whole thing they're saying is they didn't quite capture that. The energy. Live energy. Yeah. Um, he talks about um, people, like they've released the album uh, and recorded it as they've recorded it, obviously. Um, and so they're kind of gaining a bit of traction. They're gaining some more attention. And all of these new fans are starting to come out to these shows looking for what was recorded to then get, what they were trying to portray, which was the the loud grunge, you know, speed, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the, I think they were disappointed with the disconnect between what was recorded and what they actually were. Right. So it wasn't wasn't as uh yeah just the energy. It's how they constantly talk about the lack of energy that they were able to capture. It's in it's interesting because the yeah the, um, I won't necessarily agreed those ideas weren't agreed with by some of the critics. Like um, Warwick McFadgen said the album was lightning in a bottle. It flashed and sparkled, an explosion of electrical storms that at times turned into a smooth, slow river of mercury. It was jazz anarchy in its attitude, fast, loud, angry, sad, melancholic, resigned, defiant. Let the heavens rain upon me. They never bettered it. So that, isn't that a wild how, um, how different that description is to what the band thinks of it as. It's always interesting reading stuff like that because there's so many big songs like um, off the top of my head, um, Slash talking about Sweet Child of Mine nearly didn't make the album because he just thought it was a piece of crap. Yeah. Uh, and it's it would be probably their biggest known song. So it's always interesting um, hearing those kinds of the different ideas of what it was and what it became. Uh, but read that, read that description for me again. Or the McFadden? Uh, it's uh, just, it sounds like, where is it? Lightning the, uh... in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. It flashed and sparked. An explosion of electrical storms that at times turned into a smooth, slow river of mercury. It just sounds like something that I would have written in my 16-year-old emo days. <laughs> <laughs> like, went to school today. It was a smooth, slow river of mercury. <laughs> electrical storms. 
Is everything okay, Sam? <laughs> Fast, loud, angry, sad, melancholic, resigned, yeah. defiant. That is literally me as a 16-year-old. It is. <laughs> <laughs> your, your life as a 16-year-old was captured on Cold Chisel's self-titled album. That was released 30 years prior to me being 16. Wait, is that right, Maths? No, it isn't. I don't even, don't even question it. If it feels right, it's right in here. Maths can get fucked. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, that's just that's hear a that rule. maths. <laughs> that's a rule here. At listen now. Maths has no place <laughs> in this studio. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, so um, do you want to, maybe we'll go through the tracks. So something I want to do in this series is um, come up with uh, an alternative to the, the greatest hits that I grew up on. Um, which has all the classics we know, um, and instead, you know, pick pick out some album tracks, maybe one or two. Maybe we can each build one as we go along with p- choosing one or two of our favorite non-hit tracks. Sounds good. Off the albums, I think um, we um we want to pick ones that aren't already on the. Yeah, that's the right. Off the off that old gold. So I think the only one off of this album was Casean. Yeah, that's right. Casean. So. We got a lot of options here, um, seven to be precise. Ooh. So let, let's play a little bit of each song. I reckon the album opens Juliet, which is the track that was co-written with Jimmy Barnes. I reckon it's a cracking opening track, and it's got a real. To me, it sounds like it could have been released last week. At least the yeah. opening um, section of the song. Some of the maybe the vocal production sounds a little bit dated, but um, let's play a little bit. Mate, it slaps. Yeah, and then the the vocals kind of take it back a bit. That's nothing against Jimmy Barnes' vocals. No, but it's just the. It's also it's very um. What did you say earlier? Is vocals are described as gravel and honey? Yeah, gravel this is and honey. significantly more on the uh, honey side of yeah. The, of yeah, the he scale. gets he he's gets gravelier as he gets older. He's yeah. almost all gravel now. Yeah, unless I he's doing one the, of his soul session cover albums even then i think there's just a hint of gravel a bit yeah. of asphalt just comes through there. Yeah, yeah maybe a bit bit sandy on his smoother ones just a little bit of sand in there so that's the opening track then it goes into k-san which we heard a bit of before already let's see if we get into the this is where everyone is stubbies are spilling beer on people's backs now as everyone's <laughs> and arms everyone's around. mad about it but not really because they're all doing it too it's also one of those lyrics that uh as commonly miss miss sung the last oh, yeah. the last train out of sydney so i know that's that plane that's not even this is pretty minor it doesn't make it's any sense though transport. once you realize that k san is well it's yes yeah, in the, vietnam well so once this, you realize that sure <laughs> fun fact everyone k san is not in australia then track three is home and broken hearted which is i reckon it's i reckon the first three tracks are all huge um, this is a 
got a real classic sort of feel. It's very. I think it's the the strong feature of piano is very chisel. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that guessing Don Walker wrote his tracks on the keys, so that it makes, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> feature pretty heavily. Adelaide name check about their roots. What was it? I just mentioned driving out of Adelaide. Oh, literally Adelaide. Yeah. What else would he have? Malls, balls, twenty-four uh, hour bakeries. Another shout out to bakery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what bakery were named after. Adelaide's famous twenty-four hour bakeries. Surely. Jeez. Aren't they from Perth? No. Perth doesn't have 24-hour anything. Even their servos don't open that late. Jesus. Perth, catch up. Come on. possibly not true. Um, Yeah, we haven't fact-checked this. Does Wikipedia have an answer? (laughs) (laughs) Wikipedia can't answer anything. Then One Long Day. So this is the the long, epic sort of track. It's a 7 minute 24. It is one long song. Um, And this is where Mossy's first lead vocal. Mm -hmm. Much smoother. Which mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big change up in, in tone and sound. Even speed. Yeah. It slows right down. Like you've kicked off pretty heavy and now it's just kind of dropped right back to but it goes like bluesy. Through, yeah, totally. And I think that was what he was right into. Um, but it's interesting because I've seen Barnsley describe Mossy... Is a, like a real old. He's sort of like a hippie, barefoot. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> There's a story in his book about driving home and uh, just finding Mossy like naked walking along the streets or something. It's like yeah. really strange. So this is, this is towards the end of the track. Barnsley comes in and boots this baby home. Yep. Stabs you. Bit the of heart. shredding from Mossy. Uh, so that that. That's side one, I guess. That's the first half. It is. The album. Then you got Northbound. It just sounds like... It's about a train. It's about to catch in the midnight train home. Right. And it just sounds like... To Kaysan? <laughs> yeah. It's an underwater train. The last train. midnight train to It's going a long me. way north. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's like the, the piano with the harmonica. To me, it just sounds like a train. Yeah. <laughs> If that makes, I don't know, I don't know how to explain that one. <laughs> it just sounds like a train. <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> <laughs> toot toot. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you caught a steam train? That's, look, you got me there. <laughs> it's been a couple of decades. Uh, then you got Rosaline, which is really takes, yeah, takes and it's, it back. And it's Mossy again, mossy. isn't it? Mossy likes the soul ones. Yeah, I think Real I, slow. I do because I I love Mossy's voice, but when they are pushing towards the more energetic tracks on this album is when I Wake am up. enjoying it more. I yeah, think. same. The next one I think maybe is my favorite on it, Daskazine. D- yeah, I think that's how I said it. Oh, this is a good one. This is, do you know this bit kind of reminds me of like a darkness song where it's like slows down and then I like, do 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 yeah, do chugga, chugga. Yeah. Like, a, like <laughs> yeah. a train. Just like a train. <laughs> Last train out. <laughs> but he goes, he's at it 100% here. 
this got a real... This sounds recorded this live is, to me. Yeah, this is like the high energy. This is one of those ones where you want to do like that blues face where you're like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good blues face. <laughs> Particularly good on a podcast. Yes. <laughs> take, take my word for it. It was good. Yeah, I, really, I, I reckon maybe that's my pick of the... Oh, maybe that's my pick. And then it, it closes out with another slow one called Just How Many Times. This is like a... He's loosened his uh, tie on his tuxedo. Mm. He's yeah, got he's, got a, and he's a, got his yeah, Shiraz or his and whiskey in yeah, one of those big-ass glasses. Cognac. <laughs> yes. Is this Paul Stewart? <laughs> yeah. It's my old man, I reckon. <laughs> uh, so Actually, I saw a video of him singing... River the other day and uh, wasn't quite this smooth. <laughs> My dad. Yes. Oh, that's no good. Yeah, I think your your mum sent it to me. <laughs> Jeez, how is my mum going? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's sort of it's a it's a real uh, it's real soft like landing. lounge lounge bar. So like is he, the... is he laying across the piano while Don's playing this? They've shown a bit of range early, because I think that's something else about them. I was listening to one of their live albums uh, during the week, and it was funny how Barnsley was introducing songs. He's like, this next one's a rockabilly track. <laughs> this next one's a blues track. <laughs> like, oh, you just said genre band. Sell out. Uh, yeah, so what, what do you write? What's your pick? I, I think, uh, well, obviously, Kaysan is untouchable in so many ways, and that, that's uh, not really involved in, in this discussion. But I think um, my, and I, it's, I think looking back at it, I think I've picked the four that I've sort of shortlisted, mm. uh, probably the four uppers Juliet, Home and Brokenhearted, uh, Das Cuisine, and maybe One Long Day, the epic one. But I think, I think I'm going to go with. Um, Home and Brokenhearted mm-hmm. and Duskazine as my nice. two. They're going to be my first two tracks on my um, alternative Cold Chisel alt, greatest hits. Alt as. Probably like um, uncovered dist tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Ungreatest yeah. tracks? Uh, the less goodest? Less greatest? That's not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> I'm not saying they're the less goodest. This is the shit best of. <laughs> no. Not an oxymoron. <laughs> Now, this is, this is the cool underground greatest hits that only the cool people know. Yeah, you, me, and listener number one. Yeah. How about how about you? Do you have what are you what are you putting into yours, do you reckon? I uh I really like Juliet. I reckon it's an absolute cracker. Juliet like, would have been my next, yeah, been my next one in. First song, first album. Yeah. Like ripped into it hard. I'm about that. Um plus I think it's damn catchy. Um and I really like Northbound. I just think I think the harmonica really oh, cool. won me over on that one. That's interesting. We're going for we're going for different different picks. ones. Love yeah, that. awesome. Um, I found a uh, quite a, a positive little article about this album. At in 1978, apparently there was a show on Channel Seven, one of the main commercial networks in Australia. I guess it's like the CBS. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like an American person is listening, but. <laughs> Um, to to our one American it's like listener, the hey, how are you? <laughs> of um, maybe it's like the Channel Four in the UK, whatever. Like BBC Four. It's like the Channel Seven of Australia. Of Australia. <laughs> BBC is like For the our ABC Australian of listeners. Australia. <laughs> ABC in America is more like the Channel Nine of Australia. 
Anyway, it doesn't look. I'm being purposely. It sounds uh, like maths to me. Confused. Yeah, get hey, well, maths has snuck in again. <laughs> hey, hey, maths. You know what we think about that in maths? Jimmy, can you come over here and get maths out of here? Jimmy, please. <laughs> Thank you. You better run. Yeah, you better run. Jimmy's here to protect us. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. All right, maths is gone. Ah. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank you. Jimmy. So there was a, a show in 1978 when this album came out um, called Night Moves. I'd never heard of it, but Lee Simon uh, presented it. Oh, okay. I, I feel like Lee Simon is like a legendary He's radio still on guy. the radio. Maybe on Triple M. Triple M. Uh, where a chimpanzee chooses the music, or at least did <laughs> for a brief time when there was a, an ad campaign saying that. But he... Um, Featured this album, so but they were they were big in the live pub scene, but still an unknown band. They hadn't released any albums by this point, um, but he gave them a very favorable um, review, uh, saying that um, what he said. Sorry, one second. He Sorry, said, "While yeah. you look that up, we got Lee Simon is a radio broadcaster from Melbourne. Uh, is a." First came to prominence as a top-rating disc jockey in 1975. Uh, spent eight years from 77 hosting Night Moves, which is a Australia's first nighttime for adults music TV program uh, and is currently the host of the retro music program Rock of Ages on Triple M. Triple M. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad he's still kicking about. Um, but he uh, he gave it a very favourable review and um, particularly because we just watched the clip before, mm. just trying to jog my memory, but he noted the band's strong vocalist yeah. <laughs> talking about Barnsley, but also noted how the album maintains a great live feel. So it's funny how a lot of people feel and hear that but yeah. the band don't because they, they're obviously setting an even higher standard, which they were striving towards, which is kind of cool because it feels like as their um, journey goes on, the, they kept going as long as they had um, uh, another goal to reach. Yeah. So now they go, well, this isn't quite what we wanted the album to sound like, so we're going to strive for more on the next album. And that happened over a few steps um, until they imploded. But um, <laughs> More than once. Yeah. If, so- you're a, if you're a listener who saw Cold Chisel prior to the album, we would love to hear from you as well just to see what your – Thoughts would have been seeing them live and then hearing that first album. Oh, that would be fascinating, yeah, because they're, they're in the best position to tell us. And I yeah. guess a lot of, um, like, maybe Lee Simon hadn't seen them when he... Yeah, I wonder, actually. So who knows? All right, well, I guess that maybe it's time to start wrapping this up. What what kind of rating do you want to give the album, Sam? Um, I, I, what, what, can, is, what is our scale, You know, actually? I love... This is something we connect have connected over over many years is like making lists and mm-hmm. um, putting together mixed CDs and um, playlists on Spotify and stuff. And I love I love rating things. I love lists. Yep. So I'm thinking we we start trying to work out our um, ranking our, our chisel album list. Ooh, okay. So obviously, at so far for me, I rate it as the best. Um, it's also the you know the first <laughs> and only. But um, so what what what's our ranking system? Out of ten. Out of t- yeah, out of ten. What out of ten uh, chisels? Ten chisels. How many chisels out That's of chisels? We can't be out of chisels. <laughs> how many cold chisels? Out how of- many cold? Chis- how, how cold? How cold is the chisel? Okay. How many degrees? Ten yeah. being warm, all the way down to zero degrees. Does that mean we want it to be a chisel? 
But the is best that album is zero. Okay, so we're it's working like golf, in reverse. <laughs> yeah, on a can handicap off. Um, you can if you quit before. It has to be a very good shot. To get a hole in zero. If you go backwards, does that count as a negative one? I guess it does. You hit a tree and it goes over your head. If you're a golf professional, please, please let us know. Let us know. Uh, what's the show called again? Uh, listen now. Listen now, pod. Listen now, pod. Listen now to the podcast. <laughs> All right, we've got a jingle coming together. Uh, you can get in contact with us if you like at listennowpod at gmail.com or listennowpod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm going to say this album, I rate it as pretty cold. I'm going to say three degrees. Ooh, that's pretty chilly. Uh, I'm probably going to go a bit warmer. I'm going to give it a five. Five degrees. Five degrees. Still, I'd be still putting that's on mittens cold. and a scarf, maybe a beanie. And probably a T-shirt for yeah. Melbourne weather when the sun degrees. comes out. I haven't really left myself a lot of space here. I'm going to give it four, <laughs> four degrees. Nice. Because that leaves, I've got zero, one, two, and three. And Maybe I guess. Some more maths. Though. Decimals as well. If we oh, want to go there. If we're getting real technical. Yeah, which we will. Do you think decimals are technical? Is that the kind of thing that's going to... It's been a long time since I've done maths. All right, let's get the <laughs> abacus and calculators out. Yeah. <laughs> the scientific calculators. But okay, you so to, you're you giving it a four. You only had to play Mario on. You're giving... I'm giving it a four. You're a four, I'm a five. You're a five. Okay, love that. Um, well, I think that really does bring us to the end of this week's episode. Uh Next week we'll be covering their follow-up, which only took a year for them to make. Mm-hmm. I think they were keen to, because they weren't happy with it, they wanted to um, get something else out. Yeah. And that's when Breakfast at Sweet Arts came out. And okay. we'll be talking about that next week. Excellent. So maybe if you want to, if you haven't heard it, or even if you have, maybe give it a few spins in the meantime. Listen now. Listen now. <laughs> and get onto us at, uh, what's this show called again? Listen now. Listen now. We just said it. <laughs> Listen now pod. On, Listen now to the podcast. On uh, Facebook, Instagram, Facebook. and Twitter. Socials. I've had two mid-strength beers <laughs> and I'm struggling to get a thought out. equals one full-strength beer. Yeah. And uh, you can also uh, find me at Matt Stewart Comedy on Twitter. No, you can't. Matt Stewart Comedy on Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> and Matt Stew underscore art on Twitter. Where yeah. can they find you, Sam? Uh, Samatonk on Instagram, but again, mostly for pictures of my cat. I've set up the Listen Now pod um, social medias, but I haven't posted anything on it. Are you are you happy to put out uh, some hot content? As a millennial, if I, give you the I keys? look forward to nothing more than Great. spending more time on it. Maybe we should get a TikTok. <laughs> it's just us two on it, just being like, listen now. Listen now. <laughs> over and over. I've got to get the listen now. Um, just a, uh, I was actually, I Googled listen now. That's not song, <laughs> goose. This is because we haven't talked about, this is the, how um, the, that's exactly how we've sung it at least eight times yeah. this pod. Wait, hang on. How did it go? Listen now. Listen now. Listen now. Listen now. Listen now. To the women. <laughs> <laughs> what is it actually? Listen now to the wind, babe. To the wind, babe. So close. <laughs> so, yeah, please do get in contact with us. Uh, it would be so nice to hear from you. And otherwise, we'll uh, be back next week with... Breakfast at Sweethearts. Yeah. Uh, Laters, and that's from me. Uh, do you have anything to say there, Sam? Do you have a sign-off? Uh, no, not really. But let us know how many degrees out of chisel 
Yeah, I think that's you good. You rate the uh, rate the initial of the first album with Banger KCN yeah. on it. Sam doesn't have a sign off, but uh, Jimmy Barnes does, and it's he's much like Groot in uh, <laughs> yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. He only has one word, and it is. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. See ya. I want that played at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs>